Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our opening hymn, we have a taste of what we might take away from the life of Andrew the Apostle. He says there in the second stanza, May we with hearts kept open to you throughout the year confess to friend and neighbor your advent ever near. This is the last feast of the church year. We are still not yet in Advent. That begins on Sunday. But here we stand, listening to the gospel, being read in our midst, that the faith which God desires us to have in his Son may be planted home in our hearts with purpose, That's the difference. For many can come and hear the word of God and it not take root. It accomplish nothing in them except to harden them against the Lord. Because that is an effect of the word of God. To those who are impenitent, to those who do not desire the Messiah, who will refuse to recognize that there is a God, a God who can even be seen in all of creation. The word of the Lord may just harden their hearts more. But we are not to ask, what is the Lord going to accomplish when we preach the word? It is for him to tend to that word preached. It is him to go through the word by the Holy Spirit to convict the hearts, to turn to the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and to him find all things of peace and good tidings for all men. When you think about pastors, you don't often think about their feet. In fact, you quite possibly will never see my feet. I don't show them on purpose. But you are still the ones who just said, how beautiful are the feet of him who comes and brings to you the gospel. So what are you saying? You think I have beautiful feet? No. What you're saying is how wonderful it was that there is a pastor present here who has walked through the door to stand here before you to preach to you the word of the Lord. Not his own opinion, but the word which the Lord has given for us to hear. To the wicked man, it will warn him against his wickedness in order that he may turn from that wickedness and live. It may also confirm him in his wickedness, in which he shall surely die. For the righteous man, if he is on the path of righteousness, who loves the Lord and seeks Christ, and yet falls to temptation and sin, it is yet the job of the pastor to not Consider his righteous deeds as being an excuse for not preaching to him the law. But the pastor must give the full counsel of God, even to the righteous. To those who do not desire wickedness, but who may fall to temptation. 
The pastor is to warn them lest they die in their iniquity. And the good works which the Lord had prepared for them in advance to do be long forgotten. The pastor's job doesn't always seem that beautiful. And yet it is a great and wonderful gift of the Lord to preach the good news. It was a pastor who first preached the good news to Andrew. You see, in John chapter 1, we learn that Andrew's first encounter with the Messiah was through John the Baptist. And on the vigil of St. Andrew, which would have been last night, that text is read from John chapter 1. Where you hear that John the Baptist pointed at Jesus and said, There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the one who heard that message was Andrew. Andrew was one of the two disciples that heard John the Baptist say this. And Andrew leaves John, for John must decrease so that Christ may increase. And John is left, and Andrew goes after Jesus, and he says, Rabbi, where are you staying today? Why would you call the man Rabbi, which means teacher, unless you wanted to sit at his feet and hear what he had to say? And so, Andrew finds where Jesus is staying. But instead of just immediately going there, he does something first. He goes and finds his brother, Simon. You may think to yourself, I am not Andrew. I'm not sure I can do such a thing. Bring people to Christ. Find where Christ is and then bring people or invite them to hear him. But you can do that. How beautiful are the feet of Andrew. He was a fisherman. His feet were not beautiful. But because he carried with him in such a jar of clay, such a vessel as his own body, but he carried with it the treasure of the gospel. He is beautiful. And blessed is he who brought to his brother, his next of kin, his closest kin, the good news of salvation. For when he found Peter, John says, we have found the Messiah. Each and every week, you may say, it's the pastor's job To proclaim the gospel. And you're right, it is. It's the pastor's job to publicly pronounce forgiveness in order to fulfill God's word. But it is yet your job as Christians, your duty and vocation in life to bear the truth, to confess it to all those who would hear it. And look at you. What kind of excuses do we come up with for why we do not share Christ? As uncomfortable as it is to be a pastor and share difficult messages and call people to repentance, yet I also sometimes, by a gracious gift of the Spirit, get to see the fruit of repentance. 
to get to watch a person's life be changed. All in Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But boy, I can think of about a million excuses as to why I would avoid such conversations or why I don't want to come to work or to do the job that God has called me to do. But yet those excuses must be silenced. You may say, I'm too young or I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm not, an, I'm not a great speaker. What is your excuse? I'm too tired. They probably won't listen. They have much better things to concern themselves with than to be in church. They have families, so they're not going to listen. They have all of these things going on in their life. They're much too busy to stop and come to find Christ. But that's where you come in. I can't be everywhere. As much as I'd love to have a time with each and every one of you to visit your relatives and your friends and your neighbors and your co-workers, whatever it may be, I cannot accomplish such things. But yet within your daily life, whatever station God has placed you in, he has put within your own body the treasure of peace, the message of good tidings to all the world. He has given to you the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And you don't have to ask God, where are you going? Or where are you found? Like Andrew had to ask of Jesus. For you know where the Lord is found. You can open up your Bible and share with people the comforting messages in their time of distress and tribulation. You can bring to them who are Disturbed in their consciences over their sins, the comfort of the forgiveness which surpasses all our understanding. You can be at the bedsides of your loved ones, praying with them, reading and reciting scripture next to them, comforted in the power of the Holy Spirit who works through that blessed word. Those are all things in which you can do. You can be like Andrew in that station of life. Not a great and wonderful man, but an ordinary fisherman who shared first the message with his brother, even before God called him to be the fisher of men. It's amazing when you think about it, that our bodies, which are so weak, our minds, which are so often feeble and foolish, God still uses to accomplish such great and wonderful things. He takes what is foolish of the world and he shames the wise. He takes those things which are weak to the world and he shames the strong. So when Jesus came that other day, to call Andrew and Simon, who is called Peter, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Jesus came confidently calling them because they had heard the gospel. They had sat at the feet of Jesus and they were ready to follow him, to leave all of those things which they had known in their life behind 
in order to be with Christ. We do not yet know those people whom the Lord is going to bring into our midst. We don't know every one of them, but I would say we know a great many of them. We love the world as God loves the world, and that he redeemed the world through the sacrifice of Christ. But, not, but we cannot, in any way, shape, or form, love every individual person in the world. But we can love those whom God has given to us in our midst. Those that we know by name and face. Those whom he may make to cross our path. In which case we can share with them this good confession. That there is one who takes away the sins of the world. Sins of all the people whom the world and whom God himself calls evil. Yet their sins in Christ are done away with, forgiven and forgotten. All those who hear this word and call upon the Lord shall be saved. It even takes away from us our hesitancy to pick and choose who we may share the good news with. Because God doesn't show partiality. God doesn't say, to them I save, and to those I have no reason to save. When the net is cast, it gathers up a great and wonderful catch of fish. The Lord is the, ones, or the, Lord is the one who will separate the righteous from the unrighteous. We throw the net. We preach the gospel far and wide calling sinners to repentance that they may receive the forgiveness of their sins. And we let God do his work. God accomplish what he has set forth to do in his son, Jesus Christ. And we leave the results to God. But in our own hearts, in our own minds, do not set up for yourself an excuse and why you cannot share the good news of Christ with those around you. And do not let yourself be worried or anxious in doing so either, for it is God who is at work within you to bring people to the Messiah, the anointed one whom God himself chose and elected to be born under the law to redeem those who are under the law. So together as the body of Christ, as Christians far and wide, we go together in this, in this true message of salvation. We know where to find Christ in the word and the sacraments. We know where to direct people for all comfort and consolation. We know that the promises of God are true. So what is there to worry about? With all boldness and confidence, we can be those with beautiful feet, those who carry with us the gospel wherever we go and share the good news of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.